It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey from our San Francisco studios. The Warriors beat the Pelicans tonight. Their lone appearance down in the Big Easy, a 112-103 win it was. Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins among the regulars who played tonight for the Warriors, but Stephen Curry couldn't make it through his first 12-minute stint uh, in the first quarter tonight as he left with what was originally called a right foot sprain and a mild one at that. Uh, the war He did come back into the game briefly. Uh, he actually made a 19-footer, Ryan Covey, mm-hmm. and then subbed himself out of the game, and that was it for Stephen Curry. 9-25 of game action for Curry tonight and five points. Now, we heard from Steve Kerr during the network portion of the postgame show with Tim Roy and R.C. Davis and Steve Kerr. He called it an ankle sprain as opposed to a foot sprain, ankle, foot, split the difference. Anytime you're talking about the right leg and foot and ankle area of Stephen Curry, there is tremendous concern. Yeah, anything south of like the knee shin region, JD, we just always want to take a moment and say, all right, everything okay. Look, no reason for him to be out there after that. Not optimal. And this is really, and thankfully it sounds like this wasn't serious, but. Let's be honest, like with everything set for the dubs, you know, with Toronto winning tonight, the only thing that they really even had to play for was maybe having home court advantage against Toronto if they were to meet them in the NBA Finals. Now that's even off the board, so there literally is nothing for them to play for. All the more reason to to make sure that these guys get to the playoffs healthy. It doesn't sound like it's overly serious for Steph, but the injury track record with him and that right ankle, it's... It's definitely it gives you a, a, a pause for concern, and you know uh, w- with the playoffs right around the corner, they'll get rolling either Saturday or Sunday. Should be enough time, provided it's just a, a you know a minor issue. Uh, but a- again, it's just I think all Warriors fans had to take a moment and maybe face their worst fears for a few minutes tonight. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the phone number to participate. A Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor dot com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you here until 9 o'clock as we talk uh, Dubs basketball following the Warriors' nine-point win at New Orleans to improve to 57-24 and with one game to go. Covey, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, I mentioned the, the guys that played tonight and the guys who sat out tonight uh, were Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, Andrew Bogut. Uh, the original plan for this Warriors team was... You're going to have Curry, Draymond, Cousins play tonight and not play tomorrow. The other guys who didn't play tonight are going to play tomorrow, given what happened with Stephen Curry and given what you've already said about the you know, Toronto thing being locked up and the Warriors uh, having everything set completely. Do you just abort that plan completely and sit everybody of consequence in Memphis? I I think you got to dress KD and, and Clay. You don't have to play them 30 minutes. You don't have to play them 10 minutes. I mean, maybe you just give them a little bit of run, have a few extra bodies on the bench. I think they definitely, and, and I'm talking specifically about Clay and KD, uh, I think they dress probably Iguodala as well, and, and I guess Bogut. I mean, those were the four that missed tonight. I think you dress them, JD, but 
you, you know, pretty short leash, and obviously the game flow has nothing to do with it tomorrow night. You know, if for some reason Memphis is putting it on you, it doesn't really matter. Give me that eight that you had right okay, before yeah, so, we got on the air here because yeah. you, you had the perfect eight. You got to dress eight That's it. in the NBA to you know play a game, and you had the eight. I think that that you address if the Warriors really wanted to go bare minimum. Give me give me the starters and then the yeah. other three. Get ready for this tomorrow night, y'all. This is a, a a real possibility. So I got Quinn Cook starting on the point. I got Evans as my two. McKinney at the small forward. Jonas Jerebko is my stretch four. That's not bad. And then Kavon Looney, uh, man in the center spot. And Positionally then my, sound. Yeah, ex- absolutely. And then my bench consists of Derrickson, uh, Damian Lee, and then uh, Jordan Bell. So there you go. Uh, there's my eight guys right there. And, uh, yeah, Santa Cruz Warriors I in like the it. house. I actually kind of like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, get these guys a little bit of a, a little bit of run. See, this was what I was talking about earlier in the year, JD. It, you know, it's kind of a microcosm of of this one scenario, which is, you know, you think back to a couple of years ago when the Warriors were just hammering teams, and Steph's minutes were down, the Stars were sitting out all these fourth quarters. It kept them rested, but it also kept the rest of the rotation engaged. And, you know, this year, for a a myriad of different reasons, uh, you know, at times the starters have had to play a lot more fourth quarters, mostly because it's been out of necessity. They haven't been blowing teams out as much as they used to in in years gone past. And, you know, while it it asks you to, to, you know, your starters and your stars to play more, the fallout from that is your bench guys, you know, the 12th guy on the roster, the, you know, the 11th guy on the roster, those guys don't get as much run. And uh, that's unfortunate because, you know, you want these guys to at least feel a part of things. I mean, hopefully you're not looking at any kind of situation where guys like Derrickson or Evans, you know, are, are going to be relied upon in any way, shape, or form in the postseason. But, you know, the playoffs can be, uh, you know, a war of attrition. And you want to make sure that at least, if nothing else, these guys have a little bit of game time, uh, you know, in, in recent uh, weeks or days uh, in, in case you need to call them. And tonight was a night where a, a lot of the bench guys were able to step into different roles and have a significant impact on the game. And oh, by the way, the Warriors won the game tonight <laughs> at New Orleans and, and the Pelicans had a, a bunch of their better players, including Anthony Davis sitting out. You, you didn't see a, a Drew Holiday. You didn't see an Etwan Moore tonight. I mean, basically anybody of consequence was out uh, for the Pelicans in this game as well. Julius Randle wound up being a late scratch uh, for New Orleans as their season winds up tonight 33-49, and a far cry from the second-round five-game out at the hands of the Warriors after beating Portland uh, that, that that Pelican squad had uh, a year ago. Uh, so there's going to be some changes there. But tonight, uh, Covey, huge night for the Warriors' bench. 65 bench points, a season high, led by Damian Lee off the bench with 20. Quinn Cook, another guy you've been real high on uh, when we've had uh, opportunities to to do shows last week on Warriors This Week and some of the postgame shows. He played very well tonight, 19 points. Jordan Bell with maybe the dunk of the year and 10 points. Yeah, nice put back for him. And, yeah, it's it's good to see these guys getting some run. Damian Lee 
you know, in a lot of ways has, has been uh, not a forgotten guy. I mean, you're not expecting a whole hell of a lot from him, but good showing for him tonight. Uh, you know, Jacob Evans. Somebody's got to score tonight, though, right? That's it. That's... Yeah, for sure. It, well, and that's I mean, Curry had five, so Curry and Damian Lee together had 25. <laughs> yeah, you got no KD, you got no Clay, so somebody's got to step up. And, you know, a night like this, you, you would hope that Quinn Cook could come to the forefront and provide some offense. And, you know, I crunched the numbers for Quinn Cook, J.D., his last nine games. 42 of 66 from the floor, 18 of 30 from downtown. And that's after, you know, he was uh, abysmal in the month of February where uh, he shot 32% from the floor and, you know, just he made two three-pointers the entire month. So started picking up the pace in March, and uh, he's really carried that into April, which I, I know Quinn Cook is a liability on the defensive end of the floor. But if you can get him scoring with that second unit and have him out there with, you know, guys like Iguodala and Clay, you know, plus defenders, uh, even Livingston who's pretty good, I, I think you could mask that somewhat. And if he is out there with that unit, he is the guy that, you know, next to Clay that can help you shoot the rock a little bit. Yeah, I do think he is going to be in the playoff rotation at the start. Now, matchup, and, and we don't know, it could be the Clippers or Oklahoma City or still even San Antonio, although San Antonio is the longest shot now to be the Warriors' first-round opponent just by virtue of the fact that if they win tomorrow at home against Dallas, it can't be then. Sure. So, and that's a game you would figure that they would win at home. They've been excellent at home. But but to your point, uh, I do think that Quinn Cook is going to be in the playoff rotation at the start uh, and that start of the second quarter, start of the fourth quarter unit where he'll play with Livingston, Iguodala, Clay Thompson, and DeMarcus Cousins with Cousins and Clay being the focal point and him being out there, as you say, as, as another shooter, it's just going to be a matter of can he continue to prove that, that he can remain out there and for how long can he continue to prove that he can remain out there? Our teams are going to attack him and the like. But I think he's actually got a spot early. It's just going to be a question of will he be able to maintain it. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. If you want to weigh in on this one, Give me one thing you like tonight. Just give me go. one thing that mattered tonight. One thing that mattered is you listen to the game or you watch the game. Because that, that literally is what we were doing while we were watching the game, right? Yeah. It, it's what matters uh, out of this. You know who's playing, who's not. And obviously everybody's concerned about Stephen Curry. And it doesn't sound like uh, his mild right foot sprain, although Steve Kerr called it an ankle. <laughs> South is, of the shin. Is significant. Uh, I mean, mild is is a good word to hear, I think. Uh, but, you know, Stephen Curry has had to miss time in the early rounds of the playoffs before. Uh, and the Warriors have been cautious with him uh, in the early rounds of the playoffs. Uh, but at this stage, and, and obviously he'll continue to be evaluated, it, I wouldn't say it's anything that you need to be too, too concerned about. Give me, give me one thing you like. Give us one thing you like, one thing that's relevant. And does what happened with Stephen Curry leaving the game nine and a half minutes in change your game plan for tomorrow. And again, I'll lay out the Warriors' original game plan was Cousins, Draymond, Curry, Livingston going to play tonight, and then Durant, Clay, Iguodala, Bogut going to play tomorrow after resting tonight. Do you alter that plan now uh, if you're out there listening, if you're the Warriors, for tomorrow? 888-957-9570. Can I give you one that, uh, you know, I know Evans and, and you know, Quinn Cook and, and Lee, those guys will get some of the uh, the shine tonight, and rightfully so. I like DeMarcus Cousins' performance tonight. Uh, you know, I still don't need boogie shooting threes. You know, he's definitely been struggling from there. But just in and around the basket, that touch, and, 
you know, he had a tough night shooting the rock against the Clippers, uh, you know, on Sunday. I know you were out there for the Oracle finale. And I know Okafer uh, isn't all world by any stretch, but I thought Cousins definitely got the better of that matchup tonight. And just to see him bounce back from a subpar game, because, you know, we got to remember for DeMarcus Cousins, this is going to be his first trip into the NBA playoffs. I mean, think about that. How long has DeMarcus Cousins been around in the NBA? He's about to play his first playoff game this weekend. You know he's fired up for that. And we also know what Boogie's got at stake here, J.D. Like, he's playing for a contract. He's playing to show other GMs around the NBA, I'm worthy of big-time bucks. I'm worthy of a long-term deal. And so far, I think, with his progression, the way that he's been tracking, he's definitely on that path. Now, there's still time kind of to screw it up if you're DeMarcus Cousins, so he's, he needs to be mindful of that and stay on track. But I think uh, he's the kind of guy, J.D., where he, I, I, I feel like he's got that kind of mentality where he'll do his best work when his back's to the wall. Like, you know, when, when people are expecting, you know, what, what kind of DeMarcus Cousins are we going to see? I think he's been, the you know, a good citizen and uh, as far as, you know, the, the way he's behaved since he's been here. And, Oh, yeah, like he, he's looked pretty good on the court of late as well. I mean, 21 points, 12 boards, and the passing for Cousins too. Like that's why I think he's such a good fit for the way the Warriors play basketball, uh, his willingness to pass and, and make that extra pass because when the Warriors are at their best, everybody's willing to do that. Steph, KD, Draymond, all of them, and uh, he embodies that as well. Yeah, it's just skill. He's just Straight extremely up. skilled at everything, maybe minus the three-point shot for whatever reason. That's been the one aspect of his game that, that he still hasn't found, and one for five tonight. And it's almost gotten to the point for him where every time he makes one, it's like raise your arms to the sky like like he never thought he was going to make one again in, yeah. in his career. So maybe it's legs or fatigue or or something. But for you know, initially it was the post game and the post moves and, and being comfortable with you know the footwork and when to go up for a shot and finish around the basket. It was that. And the three-point shot after the first couple of games that weren't there. Well, he's he's slowly figured it out around the basket, but the three-point shot, for whatever reason, it just has not been there really at all with the exception of a couple of games. Yeah, and you hit on it. It's like Draymond. They're surprised yeah. when they go in. Yeah. It's not like, you know, when Steph or, or Clay shoot, you know, you can see in the release, like when it when oh, a shot in. rims out. Oh, that's yeah. in or it's off the back of the rim. Oh, yeah, or <laughs> they're surprised when it doesn't go in. Right. Like, you know, you see, you know, the wrist is cocked, especially with Clay. He's like, okay, that's going in. And when these guys make a three, they're like, oh, damn, that just went in. Yeah, just looking at uh, keeping tabs on Houston and Oklahoma City, looking like Paul George uh, may have a little bit of a shoulder. He's had a shoulder problem yeah. too, right? Yeah. Wow. Getting, it, getting the shoulders stretched out a little bit. And, yeah, that that has been something that's lingered you know, for quite a while and maybe some have speculated has hurt his shooting uh, a little bit. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 KGMZ San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. But, yeah, to your point, that has been something that's kind of lingered. And as he's had some poor shooting games, folks have speculated that, that he just isn't 100% Physically, and, and look, it's worth keeping an eye on Paul George and Oklahoma City right now because the Thunder could be playing the Warriors yeah. uh, come Saturday or Sunday uh, out at Oracle Arena. Uh, although it's basically, you know, they, Oklahoma City's down at home right now, 11 in the third quarter to Houston. Uh, if they lose that game and lose the game tomorrow and, and the Clippers wind up winning tomorrow against Utah, then the Clippers would move up in Oklahoma City would wind up back down uh, in the eight seed. Who does OKC play tomorrow? 
at Milwaukee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but Milwaukee's probably going to be resting everybody because their playoff position is solidified. But what have we learned about the Thunder in the second half of the season? <laughs> there is no game that they can't find a way to lose right now. That's for sure. So uh, it, it, I like that there's some level of intrigue, but part of me just I want to know who the Dubs are playing so we can start breaking down matchups and, and getting into all that. Like, let's go. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to know a, a lot of that by the time we hit the air here tomorrow, which sure. will be you know right around this time. I know San Antonio is playing a 5 o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City's playing a 5 o'clock game. You're either 5 or you're 7.30 tomorrow. That's the, that's the best that the the NBA can do. Like, you know, Major League Baseball has everybody – everybody starts at 12 Pacific yeah. on the final day of the season. The NFL, it's either 10 or 1.30, but they line up all the 10 o'clocks together with, that have the same implications. They line up all the 1.30s that have the same implications, and then they save the one for the Sunday night game that has the most playoff implications. Uh, the NBA trying to do their version of that tomorrow with everything east starting at 5 Pacific and everything out here on the West Coast starting at 7.30 Pacific. So a couple of those games will be in the books, uh, although the Clippers will still have to play the Jazz tomorrow and that is the one game that will be ongoing as as we hit the air here on Warriors Wrap-Up tomorrow, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors finishing up the season in Memphis after beating the Pelicans tonight, 112-103. Yeah, and did you see, I, well, I know you did, but the Anthony Davis rolling in tonight wearing the That's All Folks oh. shirt. I mean, just so Awful. tacky, and I probably, uh, you know, if I'm one of the officials for the Pelicans, I mean, it's just such a bad look, and I know he's referenced. Oh, it's a you know it has to do with Space Jam. Look, that is some major league trolling, and just because you have an out built in, you know, a ready made excuse, we all know what that signified. And I just thought that was a bad look from Anthony Davis. And you know, I've always really liked Anthony Davis, and I know sometimes JD like this stuff can get real sticky when players and teams have falling out. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, what happened with him in San Antonio last year? I never thought I would have the opinion of Kawhi Leonard. Like, hey, that's a dude that quit on his team but hey let's be real like Kawhi Leonard quit on the Spurs last year Anthony Davis quit on the Pelicans now we're not privy to all the information going on you know what's been going on behind the scenes maybe with that organization and Anthony Davis I think it would have been better for both parties if they could have just got him traded at the deadline Uh, obviously that's going to need to get done this offseason but just immature is the word that comes to mind uh, with Anthony Davis with that kind of a move because let's face it I mean those fans haven't done anything to him and Really, that's just kind of a big middle finger to them. Like yeah. he's he's flaunting the fact that yeah, I won out, I'm out of here. He hasn't played what since you know the the middle of March with quote back spasms. I mean, this whole situation it's embarrassing. And for a player of Anthony Davis's stature, one of the superstars in the NBA, like you're better than that. I mean, right? Bad, bad look. You'd think he's better than that, but th- the reality is right now. I mean, the players hold all the cards and they know it. And I don't really think they care all that much. And look, I think Anthony Davis found himself in a position where he thought the Pelicans were going to zig and they zagged. And even going back to keeping DeMarcus Cousins around last offseason, and it just it it got ugly. It got ugly to a point where they weren't winning enough, and it got ugly to a point where you know he locked on with with clutch sports and it it winds up being a game changer. You know, it winds up being a game changer. There's one reason you do that and that's because you want to be elsewhere yeah. at this point and kind of force your hand out and I think you know whether he 
believed that that was going to be the case at the end of last season with the Pelicans looking like they were a franchise on the uptick. Sure. You know, probably not, but it just goes to show. And I think the example with the, as it pertains kind of to the Warriors, is look at all of these teams that have looked like they had something, and it's just so fleeting. No it's doubt. just so fleeting, and then the Warriors have been able to build the way that they did to a title in 15, break the all-time wins record in 16, keep it going with Kevin Durant, even though they lost in the finals in 16, and just extend you know, on into now 2019 at, at, at being at that highest level. There's been so many challengers that you know, Oklahoma City had it, lost it, Never quite got it back with Paul George on the level that they did. The the Rockets thought they had it, lost it, worked their way back up with Chris Paul. I mean, it's almost been two different incarnations totally. of those teams. This is the third incarnation of the Clippers, basically, during the Warriors run. I mean, go up and down the Western Conference, uh, and, and you could just look at all of the failed attempts to try and take down the champs. Yeah, and then, you know, you look at the Portland Trailblazers, who the Warriors have gotten the best of in the postseason. They're the now, one that's kind of stayed yeah, the same. They've had the lillard McCollum backcourt, and they, you know, they've made some changes to the front court, and, you know, Nurkic looks like he's going to be the answer there, and then he yeah. gets hurt, so just a that's huge awful. step back for them. The Spurs, you know, they've obviously changed a lot with Kawhi Leonard moving on. I mean, listen, the, the, the bottom line is there's, A, a, a ton of player movement in the NBA in general. Uh, it's, you know, sometimes uh, it's tough to keep up with all these guys moving roster. But the the Warriors have been the benchmark of continuity and consistency. And guess what? You got a 67 win team that won a championship year one, won 73 the next year, and then added one of the uh, best basketball players ever to do it in Kevin Durant. So uh, as far as oh, and your core was young to begin with. You know the team that won 73 games. So. Uh, t- to to that end, I mean, the, the Warriors had themselves positioned so much better than any other franchise before Kevin Durant even arrived. And then adding Kevin Durant, it was almost like, you know, an embarrassment of riches. And it, you just see just how far back, like, the rest of the fold is when the Warriors are at their best. And, you know, Daryl Morey, you know, the Rockets GM, was so upfront about this last year. I and mean, he said, you know, I stay up nights thinking of ways to beat the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, he was candid about that. He was honest. And, you know, to me, that was refreshing because – Look, if you're a GM in the NBA and you're you're talking about winning, well, then you need to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and how do we beat the Doves? Because uh, unless you're LeBron James, you can't say that you've done that to to any level. And I guess Kyrie, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's only one guy in one team that's been able to do it, and even that, there was a ton of extenuating circumstances. So, you know, for the foreseeable future, and we'll see what happens this summer. But the Doves are the bar; they're the standard. And guess what? Like, they're playing some of their best basketball right now, and right around playoff time. Who would have thought? Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search with Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson as we're with you until 9 o'clock. Warriors win in New Orleans, 112-103 tonight, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. All eyes will be on Stephen Curry and his status not only for tomorrow. Now, he was already scheduled to not play in the game tomorrow in Memphis, so there's no reason to play him uh, just because he left the game uh, due to the mild right foot sprain, uh, nine twenty-five into this one, uh, he tweaked it. He was uh, started out above the three-point line on the right wing, kind of lost his balance, rolled over on that right foot. Immediately there was a timeout. He came back in after the timeout, knocked down a nineteen-footer. Didn't look like he was running all that well. Uh, or feeling something, maybe wanted to get up and down and just to see how it felt, uh, and then subbed himself out of the game at that uh, 335 mark of the first quarter and did not return. 
Uh, so, and the Warriors did say it was for precautionary reasons. You know, that's a foot sprain, not an ankle. Sure. Steve Kerr let the cat out of the bag. He called it an ankle. Uh, so, depending, on, no matter what you call it, Curry did leave the game, and we're all going to be focused on that tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and on into the weekend when the Warriors actually play again. Yeah, you got to do it like the way the NHL does in the playoffs. You got your upper body injuries and your lower body injuries, and everybody's day to day with either or. Uh, Hopefully. Curry will be fine. It sounds like he is. The fact that he was even able to come back in and try it again is, I mean, if you well, have a... stunning, first of all, at least to me. Right. I, I, I thought I, the same I thought thing. Done. Totally. Because you're like, well, what's the point? But the fact that he came back in to even give it a go was indicative that it wasn't, like, totally debilitating or something. Like, if he had sprained it bad, like, hey, I'm done. Like, yeah. I got to hobble off into the locker and he room did, now. And he did knock down a shot. He did. So, I, look, I th- the guy's going to be... I, I mean, let me knock on wood here. I don't want to talk out of school here, but it seems like he's going to be fine. And... You know, the, I, I understand we had a texter say, well, hey, if the plan was to rest Curry tomorrow anyway, uh, then why would you alter the rotation plan? And I, I think there is something to that. And that's why I think KD and, and you know, uh, Clay and, and Iguodala, those guys will all dress. But it's how much do you want to play him? And the Curry ankle tweaking, foot tweaking, whatever the hell we want to call it. That's just a, a reminder that, boy, we don't want to screw this up. And w- being healthy and ready for game one of the postseason is the only thing that matters right now. 888-957-9570, JD and Covey Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. As we take you up until 9 o'clock here, Warriors beat the Pelicans 112-103. to We'll hear from uh, Jacob Evans. We'll hear from Quinn Cook uh, following this ball game as well. Uh, as it was a night for... The bench players and players that that don't typically get a whole heck of a lot of run, and even some of the Santa Cruz Warriors made an impact on this one as the Warriors get it done with Stephen Curry leaving the game in the first quarter. Uh, We will continue. We've also got your play of the game coming up uh, and much, much more. Warriors wrap up. Rolling on here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, we're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors win in New Orleans, 112-103, their 57th victory of the season, and they were able to get this victory without Kevin Durant, without Clay Thompson, without Andre Iguodala, without Andrew Bogut, and with Stephen Curry only playing the basically the first 925 of this ball game. Uh, it was the first 925 of the ball game. He uh, sprained his foot. There was a timeout. He came back into the game, went up and down, knocked down a shot, and then subbed himself out of the game at that point uh, with what the Warriors called a mild right foot sprain. Uh, didn't return for precautionary reasons. Steve Kerr called it an ankle in his postgame press conference, but did say he fully expects Curry to be available on the weekend for game one of the playoffs, either Saturday or Sunday. And then Anthony Slater of The Athletic tweeting out a video of Curry walking out of the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. And he said that Curry left the arena with his ankle lightly taped with barely any sign of a limp. So all good signs pertaining to Stephen Curry and this right foot slash ankle sprain. Yeah, and they've got a little time here as well. So and these... In quote unquote injuries, whatever you want to call it, can be a little finicky, and it's really how does he feel when he wakes up tomorrow. But obviously, a good sign that uh, there's some mobility. But it, it does, 
uh, you know, anytime we talk about Steph and, you know, what do we call it, the lower part of the rights. Right leg. I mean, ankle, foot, whatever the hell we're calling it. Uh, it. It just, as Warriors fans, I know they entertain their worst fears when they hear that. And uh, having Steph, uh, you know, at, at as close to full tilt as can be expected after an 82-game season is uh, really the goal in all of this. And, you know, that's why you feel like coming into this game, I mean, the Warriors, health-wise, they are basically at the best they've been this year, uh, just cohesion-wise, game flow-wise. I mean, they've been playing some of their best basketball of the season, and it's at the absolute right time. And, you know, for this team with the regular season being just this arduous grind because we all know that they're going to be, you know, the, the number one seed or somewhere right around there. This year it was the one seed. Last year it was the two seed. But uh, it's just about getting through the 82, that, you know, whatever you call it, that war of attrition, as healthy as possible. So it is unfortunate that in what was going to be his last action of the year, he has a little bit of a tweak. But sounds like it's not that serious. But it does uh, give you a little pause for concern. Still time for some phone calls at 888-957-9570, 888 Does what happened with Stephen Curry change the plan for tomorrow? Not pertaining to Curry, per se. Curry was already scheduled to not play tomorrow, but Steve Kerr's plan for tonight was to play Curry, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, and Sean Livingston, and then give those four players the night off tomorrow in Memphis while playing the four players that got the night off tonight. Among the main rotation figures, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, and Andrew Bogut, they didn't play tonight, but then would be in line to play tomorrow. So when you see Curry go down in the first 925, does it make you, Ryan Covey, say, that's it, shut everybody <laughs> down, no Durant, no Clay, no Iguodala, no Bogut, none of the guys that were going to get the night off tomorrow, There, everybody's out tomorrow, and you're going to suit up whoever's left at that point in time. Yeah, it'll be. What would you do? Yeah, I, I dress KD and, and Clay and, and Bogut and Iguodala. And then not play him? I mean, I, I play him sparingly. I mean, I, I give him probably some run in the first quarter and then probably coming out of halftime, and that's about it. I, I think you don't want to – you can't, like, you, you can't just focus on the what-ifs you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you're worried about getting injured, that's when somebody's going to get injured, right? It's it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. You just – you can guard against that stuff and, and be sensible, but at the end of the day, like, it could happen whether a guy plays 35 minutes or three minutes. It's just – you never know when something like that is going to happen. So uh, I, I think you do stick to the plan, and you just hope that they stay healthy. And, you know, you don't – I don't think that you want to necessarily play them, you know, 35 minutes, but – uh, give him a little bit of run, because yeah, I also don't think that it's necessarily advantageous to give him a total, you know, a full week off, which is that's what it would amount to. Like, you know, they played Sunday, and if these guys don't play tomorrow, then what? They, they it, let's say the Warriors start the the postseason on Sunday. I mean, you, you really want them to have a week off? I mean, a little bit of playing time probably is a good idea. And I mean, somebody could you know roll an ankle in practice or in a scrimmage. I mean, this stuff happens. So I don't or, think you can. I don't think you can be too scared of it. That's yeah. that's my point. Or in the first game of the playoffs, which is. Happened hundred percent, yeah, and, and happened to the you know it happened to Stephen Curry going back what 2016 I believe yeah against Houston yep against Houston and then he wound up not playing again until Game Four and then he wound up tweaking it again at, at that point or he had the knee at that point which he had yeah. to come back uh, and he didn't come back until the Portland series although boy did did he come back in Game Four of that Portland Ooh, series I remember that boy overtime special baby yeah with uh, an NBA record for points in an overtime uh, unbelievable. Uh, let's get to Charlie. Charlie joins us here 
out of Warriors wrap-up on 95.7. The game we're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. And when we hear from the fans, it's brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. Hey, Charlie. Hey, evening, fellas. How you guys doing? Good evening, Charlie. And, um, with regards to tomorrow's game, with Toronto winning tonight, the game is completely meaningless now. So I would I would have KD and Clay play maybe five minutes, break a sweat, take them out. Game's meaningless. There's no uh, – yes, you can injure yourself in the practice. You can do that. I just put those guys out to break a quick sweat, play five, six minutes, pull them, play all the subs, get ready for get ready for the weekend. And that's all I got, guys. Have a good night. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Charlie. And Charlie bringing up something that also uh, we had – I had a tweeter uh, bring up on Twitter as I had tweeted out the note that Charlie just mentioned, Raptors won tonight at Minnesota. That clinches home court advantage. So if the Warriors and the Raptors play in the finals, the Raptors would have home court advantage. Raptors, obviously, the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee had already wrapped up the best record in the NBA this past week. So bottom line, if the Warriors play Milwaukee or Toronto in the finals, they don't have home court. Anybody else, they have home court that they play uh, in the entire league. So, yeah, tomorrow completely meaningless and we're also keeping tabs on some of the other scenarios as the jazz are about to put the finishing touches on the nuggets you got your venn diagram over there i do i have i have my nba approved look at that that's beautiful color coordinated grid and as (laughs) as charlie was talking there uh, i was scratching off the all the the potential possibilities that that you know would would have required a denver win over utah uh, in this game tonight, and we're also keeping tabs on Houston and Oklahoma City, who are going at it and going to the fourth quarter in Oklahoma City with the Rockets holding a 93-80 to lead. Uh, so the Rockets actually, it looks like, are going to be able to control their own destiny as uh, well. I-, I shouldn't say that. They will not control their own destiny, but they, they will ha- still have an opportunity to get the two seed and and drop Denver down to the three seed, which... If those two play or whatever, I mean, it won't affect anything with the Warriors. But remember when the Rockets were ten and fourteen or eleven and fourteen or whatever it was? Yeah. Oh, just they were DOA, and then all of a sudden Harden just decided to take over, and you know the Chris Paul injury definitely uh, brought a sense of urgency to that team, and you know Harden has been playing out of his mind. Uh, I started to really take notice of the Rockets when they won at Oracle. Not the game around the first of the year, not the Harden OT winner, but the next time they yeah, came into Oracle. February 23rd. Yeah, when Capella kind of wore out uh, DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, that was without Harden that night, if I remember correctly. And it was like vintage old school Chris Paul setting everybody up. Guys are going off. Kenneth Fareed scoring. Capella, P.J. Tucker's hitting threes. And I was like... Okay, these guys getting up for a game without James Harden beating the Warriors at Oracle. Uh, okay, I, I'm officially taking notice of the Houston Rockets. And wouldn't it be something, J.D., if here we are getting ready for the postseason and just in the, at the 11th hour, the Rockets leapfrog the Nuggets and, uh, and move into that number two spot? Because I think coming into the season, nobody expected Denver to be where they're at right now. And, you know, really, let's face it. I mean, down the stretch here, they faded a bit. And... You know, we'll see what happens to them in the postseason, and I think a lot of that's going to depend on their matchups. And it's funny, like, it, you know, 
they they were undefeated against the Thunder during the regular season. The Rockets won all those games. Or excuse me, the Nuggets. Uh, so y- you never know who's going to be the best matchup. It's it, you know it, it's almost one of those careful what you wish for situations, and it, it's going to come down to the you know literally tomorrow night till we find out who the hell's going to play who. Yeah, and it looks like uh, if I'm reading this correctly here, as we're talking, I'm I'm noodling it through here. If Houston wins now because Denver has lost to to Utah, uh, if Houston wins. They would finish 54 and 28 at that point. The Nuggets could get to 54 and 28, but the Rockets would have the the tiebreaker in that. So if Houston wins this game in Oklahoma City and they got an 11 point lead in the fourth quarter, they would be the two seed, and wow. Denver would be the three seed. Wow! Look at that. Well, there you go. And I mean, you'd have to tip your cap to Houston. They played great basketball down the stretch. And or you said they were 10 and 14 after 24 games. I think it was. A, it might have been 11 and 15, 11 and 14. It was. It wasn't good. It was right around there. I, I don't think it might not have exactly been 10 and 14. Yeah. What a pivot for them. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, they were 11 and 14 on December 8th. They had lost their third game in a row. They lost at Dallas on December 8th to drop them to 11 and 14. And uh, and they've played some terrific basketball since. And you know, when you pull up ESPN.com, you know, obviously the W's are in green and the L's are in red. A lot of red early, a lot of green late for Houston. And, I mean, we know they've got talent. I almost felt like their struggles early in the year, maybe that was a little bit of a hangover of, oh, we came so close, you know, up 3-1 in the conference finals last year. And, you know, it, we see this with teams, J.D., where it's kind of like, if you're trying to climb a mountain and you get so close to the summit and you don't summit, right? You get all like, let's, you know, you're on uh, Mount Everest and you get yeah. all the way to the Hillary step and you don't plant your flag though on top, right? You come up just a little bit short and in conventional wisdom said, you probably should have summited like you had a three, one lead in the Western conference finals. And guess what? Now you got to go all the way back down to base camp and you got to start climbing again. And it, you know, you can't change it in a day. You can't change it in a week. You can't change it in a month. You got a whole NBA regular season to slog through again. You got some new faces. Chris Paul's a year older. Uh, and so there was just a lot of different factors at play. And then really once Harden got his sea legs under him and it was like, okay, time to put this team on my back again and, and get them going. And then they, uh, they, they found their rhythm because let's face it, talent wise. I mean, I think the Rockets are the closest uh, to the Warriors, they're they're nowhere near the Warriors in, in that respect. But as far as teams in the in the West, I mean, I would think it would be Houston. That's number two on the talentometer, right? Well, I well, I also think there's something to be said for the fact that the Rockets believe that they can beat the Warriors. Sure, because they have, and they believe that they should have beat the Warriors. And, and like the, the, for them, it's the one that got away. Totally. For the for the Rockets, the last year in the playoffs, that's the one that got away, the one that sticks with you maybe for the rest of your life. That's why that hangover hurts so bad, and that's why no you know it probably took them a long time to get rolling this year. They had to shake off the cobwebs. And after sometimes that. you don't get rolling. Right? We've seen a lot of teams that, that that can send you into a tailspin. So it is impressive that they are about nine minutes away in Oklahoma City from locking up the two seed and it'll essentially be you know it'll be the opposite of what it was last year last year the Warriors were one and Houston was or I'm sorry the Rockets were one the Warriors were two and this year it'd be just the opposite but still the, the top two teams in that conference and it would all be lined up for a rematch in the Western Conference Finals with those two teams going at it uh, beginning right around Mother's Day uh, on, a, on a Sunday or a Tuesday right there, that, that middle of May. I'm in on that. I am. I, I, I want to see them go at it one more time. Uh, I, I think they are the – just as a, a neutral observer in all this, I think they are the 
if, if you could categorize any team as a threat uh, to the Warriors in the West, I think that Houston would be it. Uh, I think they're the only one. Yeah. I think they're the only that's one. That's it. And so and I'll tell you this much. They're, they're the one team, too, that's not afraid to go into Oracle. And like you said, they believe they can go in and win. And, you know, that's when I really started to say, okay, They've turned the corner was, uh, you know, obviously beating them right around the, the first of the year. I think they were down 10 with a couple of minutes left in that game. They end up forcing overtime and winning that game. To me, that was more indicative of the Warriors losing focus as opposed to the Rockets implementing their will. Uh, but the game where they beat him without James Harden, I was like, all right, this team, because that, that means they're buying in, you know, and that means, uh, you know, a game like that, that's a, essentially a scheduled loss. You're you're playing against the champs on national television and your star is not playing. Like you're supposed to get ran out well, of the gym that night. And they beat them. And the two wins are impressive because you win the game in February without Harden. You win the game in January without Chris Paul. So, so that's the that that's the one area where I will I will give them that. Sure, you know, and that and you're right. I I mean, yes, if the Warriors are a little more buttoned up, they win the game January third in Oracle Arena. But to to have basically put the ball in Chris Paul's hands and and he does his James Harden impression in one game and and you they ran him out from the jump. Uh, in that game and, and made a lot of the Warriors look bad. And then to put the ball in James Harden's hands, as has been the case throughout just about the entirety of his career, and let him go get one without CP3, especially given the way that the conference finals played out a year ago, I think that was impressive too. Although the Warriors did bounce back and beat him without Kevin Durant in Houston. So both those teams, I think, know, and the Warriors winning a game seven in Houston uh, back in in the conference finals last year in May, I think both of these teams are comfortable on each other's home floor for sure. Yeah, and I think just a, a neutral observer should want this as the Western Conference Finals. I think the the majority of the compelling basketball in the playoffs is going to get played in the East leading up to the finals because there's really four teams in the East that we could realistically see uh, having, you know, what do you want to call it, a puncher's chance to make the, it to the NBA the Finals. The East Final Four is awesome as long as it's, the top four, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston, making it to that second round. Yeah, and if those top four teams don't hold serve, then they don't deserve to be considered among, you know, a team that has the uh, the potential to make it to the NBA Finals. Amen to that. No doubt. Amen so. to that. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, man, to see how this thing plays out. It really is. Uh, looking at tonight, as you have a... A lot of, you had Damian Lee, career high. Right. You had Jacob Evans, first career start. Career highs in points, steals, blocks, rebounds. Every active Warrior played tonight is basically a preseason game. But, I mean, having guys step in and, and, and almost a developmental kind of a game, I mean, and you get a win on top of it. And I know, look, the Pelicans weren't playing anybody, but I think. You know, that's – you get a little pat on the back for that. For as, for as much as we've – you know, at times the Warriors take a bad loss and, you know, they aren't deep and this and that. I mean, that's – to go get that win is not completely nothing, even though it doesn't really help anything standings-wise. I think it, it helps the vibe in that locker room. It empowers some of these guys. Let, let me put it to you like this. It's better than these guys going in there and, and laying an egg and, and them not playing well, uh, especially against uh, – 
you know, a patchwork lineup for the Pelicans. So it was business handled tonight. And, yeah, you give them credit for that. And, you know, these guys get a little bit of run late in the year. And uh, so if, you know, any of these guys ever does get pressed into service, okay, we, we at least know that on some level they're, ha- you know, capable of handling it. I mean, you know, and I think it's just good for morale. I mean, winning is good for team spirit. I know that's an overly simplistic viewpoint of it, but that's the reality of it. And this team has been riding this wave of, you know, playing some pretty damn good basketball lately. They've been winning a lot of games lately, and you want to see that continue. I, you know, hell, you should want to win that game in Memphis tomorrow, regardless of how many minutes Durant plays and Clay plays. You should want to win every game. And, you know, for these guys like Evans and, you know, like Damian Lee, who haven't gotten a ton of run, this is also your time to show Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, hey, you know, they're, you got a player here. And because we've all we've heard all year, JD, is, oh, the Warriors bench isn't what it's been in years past. And it's like, well, a lot of these guys haven't really had the opportunity to shine for a bunch of different reasons. So never a bad thing. And even guys like McKinney and Jarebko, who probably will have parts to play in the postseason, be it, you know, probably on a, a limited basis, uh, you know, even a decent showing by them. So never a bad thing to win a basketball game. 888-957-9570, We'll get into some of the playoff matchups as well. Who do you want to see? Who do you not want to see? I don't think there's anybody a Warriors fan would say I don't want to see at this particular point in the game, right? I mean, Clippers, you just handled them, although they were woefully shorthanded in Oracle Arena on Sunday. I I think a lot of Warriors fans would say I want Oklahoma City because I want to beat them. I want to beat Paul George and more so Russell Westbrook and put those guys down again. San Antonio, meh. I mean, San Antonio, I I don't think anybody takes a lot of pride in beating the San Antonio Spurs they're just they're just so sanded I mean they're just boring they're just and, and this Completely. year maybe more than ever they're boring but effective yeah right I mean DeMar DeRozan LaMarcus Aldridge I mean two two legit stars but two stars that just do it very differently from a lot of the other stars in the league and a lot of role players and unknown names and and Greg Popovich that's probably the series I'd want to see the least just in terms of pure entertainment value, although the way the Clippers played on Sunday, I, I yeah, it just it, it left me thinking, boy, I, the Warriors might hammer them four straight games. Clippers might be a four zero. <laughs> yeah, I, too, I mean, I'm I, I've already gone on record. All three of these teams, I think, are four zero. I, Even I think Oklahoma that's City, one hundred percent. I think the Warriors are just that much better than them. And uh, when you add in the KD layer and all this, and Make no mistake about it. I know Warriors fans don't like hearing about this, but here we go again. These reports surfacing this week. We've had multiple writers, uh, you know, reporting that Kevin Durant's leaving. He's going to the Knicks. And, you know, the only thing Kevin Durant can control right now, he can't control what anybody writes. He can't control rampant speculation. He can control what he does on a basketball floor, though. And I think getting the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round, I think that would even empower KD even more and have that focus uh, even higher. And I, I just think that they would absolutely buzz Psalm right now. The Russell Westbrook show against a team like the Golden State Warriors, those are empty calories at that point. Go ahead and put up your 2015 and 12. It, it, it's going to be in a 15 point loss. All right, let's get to our play of the game. It's time for the play of the game. He got it! Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 10.30 for your chance to win $100. Now, here's the play of the game. 
Damian Lee off the old elevator play. Misses and Bell flies in with a left-handed dunk. He came out of nowhere and slammed it down. Jordan Bell with one of the best dunks of the season right there. Man, that duck can fly. Yeah, that was a wow moment tonight. Wow. He's athletic as hell. We know that. And I happen to be actually, I was in the studio, and you were actually out in the, the green room area, and you came running into the studio, and I had actually, I think I was talking to Nash or somebody, and, I, and we both had our heads down. I think it was Lucas, actually. And we both had our heads down, and we heard the call. And you come running in. You're like, oh, my God, did you see that? And we we're like, oh, no, we didn't. And it took a while to actually see a replay. But, wow, freaking impressive. We know he's got hops. And, you know, good moment for Jordan he's Bell. He's such a flash player. Like, he makes a flash play almost every single game well, that, that he gets an opportunity to play. And I think that's why he's the one guy on this Warriors roster that the fans constantly clamor to get more time for. Because the things that he doesn't do tend to go a little bit more unnoticed. Not unless by Steve Kerr. Unless you're the head coach of the Warriors. And by the way, his opinion is who uh, is who's the, well, the one that matters the most. Is what I'm trying to say yeah. here. Pull out the words, J.D. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know we saw this early in Jordan Bell's career. I mean, think about early last year. He had that you know the bounce uh, off the backboard throw down and. You're thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be some found money. Maybe a little Draymond Jr. here, a defensive stopper, a spark plug, energy guy, uh, you know, rebounds, athleticism. There was a lot to like about Jordan Bell's game. And then, you know, the offensive side of things, he never really improved. And then he just proved to be, uh, you know, a, a bit of a liability. And it was almost like he was reading his own, you know, tweets from Warriors fans clamoring for more Jordan Bell. And he just kind of continued to dig a, dig a bigger hole with himself with Steve Kerr. And then, obviously, we know what happened in the hotel a couple of weeks ago and it's been a you know be a long road back for Jordan Bell hopefully he'll have a chance to make everything right in the playoffs Paul and Livermore is up next year on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 the game hey Paul hey how you guys doing good hey um calling about I know I like the good run the guys got off the bench it looked real good I got a question for you in the playoffs I guess two years ago we had a Patrick McCaw come out of nowhere who's the Patrick McCaw this year well, that's a great question. Thanks, Paul. I think Quinn Cook's going to get the first opportunity because he's in that second and fourth quarter rotation. I'm not sold he's going to be able to do enough with it to keep the role, let's say, for all four rounds of the playoffs. Who, who He'll get a shot, though. I think it might be McKinney when it's all said and done. Not with a lot of minutes, but with some key plays here or there, some key rebounds, maybe yeah. a big three. Yeah, so much of that is matchup dependent. You know, I'd be, I would have been inclined to say Kavon Looney, um, but I, I know Demarcus Cousins because he's rounded into form. Uh, you know, as well as he has the last couple of weeks, he's going to get the majority of the playing time. But uh, Looney's a guy. Let me put you like this: the series against Houston last year, uh, Kavon Looney playing the way he did. I'm not so sure the Warriors come back from three one down without the uh, the contributions of Kavon Looney in that series. I mean, you know, a guy like Jarebko, he's been playing a little better basketball lately. Uh, but I just I don't know if he's going to get the run. Uh, Jordan Bell potentially, but I, I would say Quinn Cook. That'd be my guy. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor.com. JD and Covey with you. We'll come back. We'll hear from Quinn Cook uh, as the Warriors beat the Pelicans tonight, one twelve, one oh three.
Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. All right, John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, we're with you here for about another six minutes. Warriors win in New Orleans, 112-103, the final, their 57th victory. The Warriors and the Grizzlies tomorrow. We should let everybody know Stephen Curry left the game with a mild right foot sprain in the first quarter. Didn't return for precautionary reasons after initially returning for a trip or two up and down the court. He actually hit a 19-footer. Steve Kerr called it an ankle sprain after the game, uh, and Curry left the arena with his ankle lightly taped, uh, barely any sign of a limp. That, according to uh, Anthony Slater of The Athletic, who is also a contributor for us here on 95.7 The Game. Sounds like Steph will be fine for the game this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, game one of the first round of the playoffs out at Oracle Arena. Big night for a lot of the Warriors subs, Covey, and also players that have been playing a significant portion of their time in Santa Cruz, and that includes Jacob Evans, who Bob Myers thought and said was going to be a contributor in the regular rotation going back to draft night. He since said he was wrong about that, uh, obviously. Uh, but Evans, a nice game tonight. First career start, 11 points, three steals, two blocks, five boards. Solid effort from Evans. We'll hear from him right now. You see my reaction? Yeah. I was a little nervous, uh, but I was like, just go out there and just leave it all on the floor. You know, just try to play as hard as I can and go out there and do what I've been working on for the whole year and just play ball. What do you think you should? Uh, I just tried to just try to do a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm open, shoot it, show confidence in shooting, catching and shooting. Uh, defense, just trying to be everywhere, trying to get steals, be active with my hands. Uh, try to get guys in the right place. Uh, and like that last group we was in, just try to run the offense a little bit. You know, uh, but that was just, I was just trying to play ball and get a win for sure. How do you handle this season just to, you know, not getting opportunities? Uh, I just keep my head up, you know, um, and just keep working on my game, you know, and just always try to stay ready. I'm mentally locked in uh, just as the guys that are getting the heavy minutes. I try to stay just as locked in and up to be with them, uh, like on the scout reports and stuff like that while I'm watching film. Try to make sure I'm engaged at all times so I can be ready when I'm just called. When did you know you were going to get the start? Um, like right before the game, uh, like some of the guys were doing their individual shooting, uh, and JC came in. He told me like you started at the two tonight. I was like, all right, you know. So that was that. Did you feel like you kind of needed a night like this at the, at the end of your rookie season? I know you haven't got like a ton of minutes. You feel like this was a, this help? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, especially you know, seeing the ball go in when you're in the gym by yourself or with the coaches, that's one thing. But seeing it going in the game, you know, that's another thing, especially just for your confidence. Uh, just try to keep building on it, you know. Um, just one game, but I, some, a lot of things I could have did a lot better out there, so I'm just going to try to keep getting better. So Jacob Evans, nice night for the Rook. And, yeah, I think it's a night he needed going into next year. 100%. You? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Bob Myers – Look, when you draft a guy, of course you're going to make the comments that, you know, we think he can be a part of the rotation. Otherwise, why the hell would you draft the player? What's he supposed to say? Like, no, we don't think he can be a part of the team. We don't think he can help the Warriors. And uh, let's face it, J.D., out of all the places to get picked, while 
that's a win because you're on a team that's you know winning championships and you're surrounded by greatness. Guess what? The rotation of the Golden State Warriors, that's a tough nut to crack, you know, with the five all-stars that they roll out there every night. So for a young player like Jacob Evans, and let's face it, you know, 28th pick overall, uh, you know, nobody was expecting him to be a, a regular contributor year one. That would have been found money if it was. All right, before we get out of here, let's also hear from Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook's been playing very well of late. Two of three from three, seven of 12 overall tonight, 19 points, a plus eight in the Warriors win. And here's Quinn Cook after the game. Finish strong, keep our momentum, um, and uh, keep working on our good habits that we've been forming. And uh, definitely try to get a win. With today's game, how cool is to see Jacob start tonight? Oh, uh, great. Uh, you know, his first start to be in his home state uh i think uh he's earned it he's earned every every bit of what he's getting and uh, he was ready contributed right away and uh you know so happy for him how do you think of these quality minutes you've been getting in these last few games um just keeping my rhythm um you know putting in putting in extra work before i have to practice um you know we got a great rhythm um, going into these playoffs. So just for me, just staying aggressive and, uh, you know, just keep trying to be a great leader out there for everybody. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a fun stretch. And it's been a very positive stretch for Quinn Cook, uh, being a guy that's worked his way into the rotation at the start of second and fourth quarter. Should let everybody know Houston and Oklahoma City going down to the wire. Rockets had a big lead in this one, but it's now a two-point game. Houston up by two. With a minute and seven to go. Well, we got about 20 seconds here. Covey, you're sticking around with Shasky? Yeah, we're going to do three hours on Magic Johnson resigning as president of the Lakers. Yeah, and, uh, Dirk Nowitzki officially retired tonight as well. So a lot of NBA news. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade wrapping up his Miami career at home tonight. Keep it locked right here. Covey and Shasky are coming up for Nash and Lucas and Alex. Thanks to one and all. Warriors win at New Orleans.